The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Every time my darn phone rings, probably you as well, uh, it could be like that fake CRA scam, you know, someone, you know, pretending to be staff there or someone telling that you've won a trip. You've likely heard from all sorts of scammers over the past couple of years. These phone calls from spoofed or faked phone numbers seem to be on the rise recently and they are getting tougher to spot. To find out more, to ask some questions and get some answers that we dial up our tech expert and contributing author at futurhythmic.com, Andy Burrar. Hey Andy, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. All right, so tell us about these spoofed calls. How do they work? So basically, I'm pretty sure everybody has received one of these spoofed calls at some point in time. And basically, somebody will call you and try to get your personal information, or in some cases, they'll try to pretend like they're Microsoft and they want you to go on your computer, and then they will try to get uh, access to your computer to get your personal identity. This is a pervasive problem, um, and what they've been really doing that's quite ingenious is now they're targeting the caller ID. So you might think the RCMP or the CRA is calling you, but in fact, it is just a scammer who's trying to get your information and your wallet. So Andy, how do they do that though? How, you know, before they were kind of obvious to, to spot when I was getting a phone call from, I don't know, uh, Nigeria and it came up like from Nigeria. I was like, okay, I'm not answering that phone. But when it says CRA on there, or if it says WestJet or whatever it is, um, you know, you think, okay, I'm going to answer this because I probably should. Um, if they're faking it though, um, how are we supposed to know? Number one, how do they do this? Number two, how are we supposed to know? Well, I can tell you one thing. They're not using their personal phone uh, <laughs> uh, phone to make these calls. They're actually using computers. And so they're making the, these calls on a computer where they can connect to a different Wi-Fi network and then just keep moving around. So it makes it very hard for them to track. But somehow they've been able to target the caller IDs on both our phones at home and our mobile phones. And from there, they're trying to disguise themselves as being the CRA or WestJet. I'm still waiting for my, my trip package that I've been getting calls about. But it, it is a pervasive problem. And it's a game of numbers because they're calling thousands of people. And they just need a couple of hits for them to know that it's worthwhile to keep doing this. You know, and that's fascinating to me, and it um, it's fascinating, and it's sad to me that some folks still fall for this, but sometimes it's hard to know, and sometimes if you're getting threatened with being thrown in jail or whatever, and if you're, if you're not sure of how things work, I, I can see how it happens. The, the people that mostly get caught up in this are seniors, because they feel like, oh, I've been paying my taxes. Why is the CRA telling me I need to go to this Bitcoin uh, you know, machine and, and to deposit some money? So um, there used to be a, a pervasive one from people saying they're Microsoft, and they would get seniors to go sit on the computer and tell them step by step. And what they were doing was getting remote access to their computer. Yeah. And then just going and surfing around, getting all their personal information, and then taking over their identity. So this is, this is not new, but the technology and how they're doing it is just changing. And it's almost like a game of whack-a-mole. Once the authorities figure it out, they just have a new way of doing it. Yeah. And it's a mass. Like every, I'd say, I'd say 70% of the, the calls that I get that are random are these um, spoof calls. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and it's and it's interesting as you said, as soon as you kind of get to on top of it, it seems they've, you know, they've changed the game and they keep moving. It's it's got to be a huge huge challenge for the authorities to try to do anything about this. 
Yeah, and I think that's why the authorities and the CRTC in particular is mandating that all the telecoms, you know, enact a new system by December 19th. So they said that the telecoms say that they're ready to do this, that they're going to have a universal call blocking feature when they don't recognize certain numbers. But I can assure you, these hackers already got something up else mm. in their sleeves. So this is not going to go away. It's just that the public needs to be mindful of this and to not give your personal information to anybody that calls you. No. You know, the, one of the best advice is to give, ask them, give me a number and I'll call you back. <laughs> and 90% of the time, they don't want to give a number out. No, not at all. So this whole um, this whole um, updating of the systems that the uh, the telecoms have to do, uh, Rogers and Bell have said that they're both ready for that deadline of December 19th that you mentioned. This universal call blocking, which will target and block phone numbers that don't meet North American or international standards. Andy, can you shed some light on what are North American or international standards? What does that mean? Well, we know based upon, like, every call has a certain area code. And yes. so I think what this universal call blocking feature does is track where the call is being made. Is it the exact area code that the person says it is? And so they have the technology on the back end to be able to determine this, then it gets flagged, and then they'll block it. But I think we need more international standards where all the carriers around the world kind of get together to, mm -hmm. to really combat this so that doesn't happen because a lot of the times that happen from calls in Canada, it'll be like in India or in the Philippines. And you can kind of tell because these people might have accents, um, but it's, it can get really hard to, to discern, you know, what's a legitimate call and what's one's a spoof call. Yeah, I had one from WestJet the other day saying, you know, that I'd won the prize package and all of that. And part of me thought, okay, well, I do have a WestJet, uh, or I had one until it got stolen last week, but <laughs> I, you know, I do have a WestJet card. Maybe I did win a prize somewhere, but I just hung up on them. I didn't think, I didn't think I was going to be lucky enough to win anything, and I'll I'll take my chances on it instead of handing out any more information. Just yeah, you know, my, myself being a tech expert, I like to have fun with this, and so I <laughs> act really dumb, and I'm like, oh wow, and and just kind of play because I want to see what the strategies are, and and so I'll act like I'm a senior that I don't understand technology, and they think I'm a sucker, but for me, it's just kind of learning. The, the tricks that they're doing and then trying to educate the public so that they don't fall victim to these spam calls. So again, uh, some of your best tips are if you're getting a phone call, you know, ask for the number, call them back. I always do that with the credit card companies as well. For the most part, if they're calling me, I'm like, no, I'll call you back and, and, and follow up on it. But to do the same thing with these phone calls. And I think a lot of it is first off knowing that, you know, places like the CRA don't call you and ask you for certain things like that. And you're not going to get threatened to be, you know, thrown in jail absolutely it, there's a law you can't get threat uh, thrown in jail for not paying your taxes but they will instill that kind of fear so the best thing is if you suspect this hang up um if you really think it might be like you can ask for a number and then say call them back and then 90 percent of the time they're not going to give that and they'll just know that you're not a sucker and then they'll go and call someone else but hopefully in the future, we can combat this, but I don't think it's going to disappear anytime soon. All right, Andy, wanted to ask you about this. I don't know if you heard about it, but uh, apparently last week, last Thursday, a bunch of people uh, woke up to a text that seemed completely out of, uh, out of place. A mysterious wave of text swept phones across uh, Canada and the U.S., <laughs> And, you know, for some people, they were getting texts from their, their, their exes, and it kind of really threw them off. Would you know anything about this and what happened there? Yeah, it was actually a server that uh, the, I think it was one of the telecoms had, and they put the server down. 
But what happened is when they launched it back up, all of these text messages that didn't go through suddenly went <laughs> and was delivered to everybody. So it kind of threw everyone off. And it just shows like how dependent we are on technology and, mm. and little instances where a server goes down can have huge ramifications and really confuse people when things like this happen. Especially if you're getting a text from an old boyfriend or an old girlfriend or an ex-husband or an ex-wife, something like that. Oh my goodness. I couldn't imagine waking up and going, oh gee, I thought I got rid of him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm thought a lot of people had some, some confusing texts in the last couple of days. Andy Barrar joining us this afternoon. He's a tech, tech, tech expert and contributing author at futurerhythmic.com. Andy, um, just a couple of questions, just some things as uh, you've been on social media for, for a while now, and a lot of us, lot of, lot of us have. With some, with some of the accounts that are out there, when you're trying to figure out, you know, who you should be following or who's following who, whether it's an anonymous account or, or that sort of thing, are, are there any tips for folks to figure out if an account is really who they say they are, maybe the picture that is being shown, that sort of thing? You know, it can be very, very tough to do that. And so the the thing what you want to do is to see if they're verified on other platforms. So people will create aliases online, fake aliases, fake photos, and they'll just start, like, taunting people online. And it can get very disturbing and hard to, to try to find out who they are. So the best guess is basically on the profiles, I have found out if they're on other uh, social media networks and it's the same name. And, and you try to track using, like, emails, what kind of information they're providing, but it can be very tough. And, and that's the problem with the online world is anybody can be anybody online behind a computer or a smartphone. Absolutely. And one of the things that someone had told me at one point is, you know, uh, sometimes using Google image searches on profile pics uh, and that sort of thing. And that can go a long way to, to, to find out if that's a stock stock profile photo from somewhere or, or, if, it's, or if it's legit. Absolutely. Uh, Google Photos is great for that because people do this all the time. Even celebrities, you know, one celebrity, uh, uh, a hip-hop artist, he got caught using a stock photo of a private jet, and he tried to make it look like he was getting a private jet flight, but he was on a commercial flight, and somebody was following him on Instagram and caught him, and he got in a lot of trouble for, for using a stock photo of a private jet when he was flying commercial. And did you, do you enjoy being on social media? I do, but it, it can be a very nasty place. You know, I like to think that people are inherently good, but for some reason, behind the screen, people can be very, very mean and awful, and mm. so it, it can actually affect your mental health. So it's always wise to take a break from social media because you'll notice that the more time you spend, the more anxiety and the more depression people have. So we really have to go back to like how we used to be and go for walks and nature walks and, <laughs> and just stay off our phones. Put the phone down a little while. It's always, uh, it's always fascinating when the, uh, the uh, what is it, the daily reports come through on how long you actually spend on your phone. It's like, oh my gosh, how'd that happen? Right? Yeah, so we should almost put allowances for ourselves on how much time we want to spend on our phones and especially our children as well. You know, we, they look up to us. So if we're on our phones, yeah. They're going to be on their phones, so we have to kind of walk the walk if we if we really want them to live a good and a, a good digital life lifestyle. Andy Barrar joining us this afternoon. Andy, always great to talk to you. Thank you. Yes, my pleasure. Take it easy, Andy Barrar. You can uh, check out his work at futurerhythmic.com. How do you handle those 
those spoof phone calls. I've gotten one from the CRA in the last week. I've, I've received one from WestJet. Uh, had another weird one today. Do you just hang up on them? Do you play along with them? Do you string them out a little bit? I have a friend that keeps a, like a, a big whistle beside her phone and, you know, would just, you know, blow into it and, you know, try and pierce an eardrum when it happens. I know other people hand their phones to their toddlers. Here you go. Talk to this person for a while. I'd be curious. Let me know.